0: You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avzan, Associate Rabbi Linksfield Schull here on the Farbringen Show every Tuesday from 1 to 2 in the afternoon. It's an honor and a privilege to be with you this afternoon. You can SMS us on 34519, email on air at com, or tweet at chai FM. Any thoughts, feelings, comments, critiques? So what are we going to bring about today? You've heard the statement before. I think it's attributed to Nietzsche, who said, he who has a why can endure anyhow. And he w- the, Nietzsche was wrong on many things, but that statement um, quoted by Viktor Frankl in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, many times, and pretty much the, the bedrock of a lot of what he says, is absolutely true. People need a Why? We need a why to keep on living. We need a why to make good choices. We need a why to be successful. We need a why. And it's a simple question I want to throw out there. And that is, how many people do you know that have a good why? They have a good reason. They have good purpose. They have meaning for what they're doing. You know, what's fascinating is... In the 70s when Viktor Frankl was slowly you know, coming out of the background and people were slowly learning about his idea that people are natural seekers of meaning. It was such an anomaly that by the beginning he was being opposed on all sides and people were still holding on to the Freudian ideas, the Carl Jung ideas of man's search for lust or for power and that's at the core of the human being and Viktor Frankl had to fight a long time until today he's become a very much of a consensus opinion that people naturally look for meaning as in really what surprises me is the novelty of that idea that people find it novel that we need meaning in our lives it should have been common sense And yet it wasn't. And yet it isn't for still many people. Many people do not understand that at the core of what they're looking for is meaning, man's search for meaning. And the question is why? Why is there such a lack of why? Why is there such a lack of purpose? In so many people, why is it that every politician would have a decent charisma and some nice slogan that just sounds fanciful can convince millions of people to run around like a chicken without a head, following them to some utopia, which has been proven time and time again takes them nowhere? How is it that so many people have such a weak why that's open to manipulation by any person that seems to know what the new why is? Every guy that comes up with half a decent, clever idea and posts it on Facebook about the meaning of life is suddenly, you know, having 5,000 likes because, wow, you're so profound. Really? Is every new idea that comes out to the new solution? Is every Tom Dick and Harry that comes up with a new feel-good article or perspective the new messiah? It sometimes feels, especially when you spend some time on social media, that some people are so lacking in a solid worldview, in a healthy worldview. They're just like ripe for the picking, right? Any individual who's willing to offer them some quick fix of meaning. Why? Why? Why is there such a lack of why? And what do you think is the best way to give a why to people? In other words, to give meaning back to people and to give a passion back to people that people should actually know the what and why of life. That's really the beginning of the conversation, but I'm not going to start going into it until we go for some music, everything life. Um, needs good energy, good perspective, and this is from Arya Counselor Split the Sea, hopefully setting the tone here on 101.9 Chai FM. You're listening to the Farbringin with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, my name is Rabbi Levi Avtson, and we are on the Farbringen Show every Tuesday from 1 to 2 in the afternoon, Farbringin Today. Once again, SMS line 34519, email air at chaifm.com, and tweet at chaifm. And today we're talking about why. That great question. Stories told about the kid that turns to his dad and he says, Dad, why is the grass green? And dad says, I don't know. A few minutes later, Dad, why is the sky blue? I don't know. Dad, why is space black? Dan, I don't know. The kid looks at his dad and he says, Dad, do you want me to ask you questions? And dad says, of course. How else will you achieve knowledge? Remember those times when you were a kid and you loved asking why? Or why not? It's almost as if it's ingrained in a kid's mind that why is a legitimate question not only why did you tell me to go to sleep okay those are maybe illegitimate questions for kids because you just do what your daddy and mommy told you to do but the why of why are mountains tall and why are oceans so loud and why is the water blue and yeah why are lions so beautiful and so dangerous etc cetera, etc cetera. why is natural And the why that a child asks is often connoting, it's often implying this knowledge that there is a reason behind everything. It's almost as if it's ingrained within the mind of young people that there is a reason, that there is a purpose. Maybe you remember back to your teens when you would, I'm sure you've had it a few times, whether it was going away on a weekend and having a DMC in today's vernacular, a deep, meaningful conversation with your best friend till four in the morning, pondering the meaning of existence and um, figuring out um, major social dynamics and why she likes me and why he doesn't like me and why this and why that and all the complex issues that often take over the minds of adolescents. Or maybe you were in university and you had a good lecturer who ha- ha- trained your mind and helped you ponder the whys, the whys of physics, the whys of computers, the whys of numbers, and whatever whys, you, the whys of medicine, and wh- how does this work, and why does it work that way, etc. But what often happens with people is at some stage of their life, some earlier than others, the whys stop. We stop asking why. Or rather, we stop asking the important whys. We'll still say, you know, why is this bus late? And why is my car not ready? And why does this food taste so bad? And why is this place so expensive, etc.? And why can't I get a better, a better deal? But the important whys, like why was I born? And why get married? And why did I have children? And why does God want me in this world? And why do I struggle? And why do I have successes? The whys that have all the answers in the world and no answers in the world, the whys that every day become deeper, more profound, more complex, more beautiful, and the whys that never get a complete answer because each moment has its own answer, those whys, many of us stop asking. And all too often, I'll sit across a person and I'll say, Why? Why the Jew? Why are we here? Why be it? Why be proud of your Judaism? Why go to Shul? Why Shabbos? And even if they keep Shabbos, or even if they are proud of their Judaism, they'll often lack the why. They'll be just, that's the way it is, which is beautiful and admirable that people are so committed, even without a why, But there's no question that when a person lacks a why, they lack the passion. They lack the connection. It's not their baby. It's not their own. If a person cannot understand the purpose, they can't develop a passion. A person who doesn't understand the why of their job and they're just going to make a living and get their salary of X amount of money will will never – do the job with nearly the same amount of enthusiasm that somebody who has a strong why and a strong passion will do their job. A person who has a why for their marriage and understands that marriage is much deeper than just, oh, we love each other. Oh, we're amazing. We traveled to India together and we had such a great experience. It must be we're compatible to raise a family and create to the future. But if, a, but a person that has a why can then endure the challenges and the wishy-wash of, of life that threaten the fabric of healthy relationships. But a person who lacks that why will struggle because the foundations are so weak. Nobody can say it better than ethics of our fathers that says that there's two kinds of trees. There's the tree that has strong foundations, and even the, all the winds in the world come and try to knock it off, and it will stay there because the foundations, the values, the whys are strong, versus a tree that might be beautiful, but the smallest storm knocks it off because it's dead, the foundations are weak, it's been suffering from decay for a long time. Often, We look around and we see people that have a beautiful tree, they have a beautiful life, they have a beautiful success, and we convince ourselves that inside it's strong, but we see how just a small little storm breaks them because, yes, they might have had a success in some areas, but because there was no why, there was no strong conviction, there was no strong value system at the heart of their successes and their endeavors, they collapse easily unfortunately, when the going gets tough. All too often we hear shocking stories of people who we consider to be so successful and so amazing, and then a small crisis in our life ensues, and without judging, heaven forbid, but these same individuals who seem to be strong people and, and leaders and Alpha males and strong women and everything that people admire one another falling apart in a moment of crisis. A person making bad choices, a person, heaven forbid, taking their life, a person um, destroying their health, throwing their relationships away in a moment where their inside is challenged and they find themselves wanting. And... I guess the reason why this whole thing is percolating in my mind today is just following the news. I guess the news is always the same. It's King Solomon who said, That which was, will be, and there's nothing new under the sun. You just find, like, the trolls, those people who are just, like, running from feel-good story to feel-bad story to, to 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 this leader, to that leader. Every election cycle, convincing himself that the new Messiah is walking and about to redeem them and throwing their hope on another crazy idea or reviving dead old ideas that, that never worked, convincing himself that they'll find a new solution and this. And people are just like, often, even within communities and sometimes even within the religious community, even within any community, you find people that – are just running for the next fix, the next quick fix, the next solution, the next feel-good post on Facebook or the next feel-good idea that seems to solve all the problems, and then you're going to get 5,000 comments on Facebook. Yeah, rah, rah, rah. Um, In the words of Tim Cook, uh, the CEO of Apple, I think, who just spoke at the university, he said, don't follow the trolls and don't become them. The trolls are the people that are just looking to the next, you know, let's bully the next guy. Let's find a new person who did something wrong and join the chorus against them and destroy them and then find a new guy that did something right. Oh, they were so sweet. They gave someone their seat on the, on the train and everybody saw it. It's so sweet. It's so wonderful. They're the new hero. It could be the same guy who the day before did something stupid and was caught on camera and was the devil, but today they're the hero. Tomorrow they're the devil again. This, this, running around for these sweet, feel-goody stories and opinions. And just looking at it sometimes, you know, and I'm sure I'm guilty as anybody else of falling into the trap sometime. You're like, gosh, is that really all it takes to get me excited or upset Don't I have a stronger why? Don't we have a stronger why? Something that actually gets us up in the morning beyond finding the new villain or the new hero? Don't we have ideas that are older and more ancient, more beautiful, more solid, more tested than the new Mishagast that comes out with every new bestseller that comes out as a new solution for world peace or for solving everything? Don't we have something more? What are your thoughts? Here on 101.9 Chai FM. And it is time for song number two. Here on the Fabregion Show. And this is from David Gabe, And this is Bircha Savicha. The blessing of your father. Bircha Savicha Gavra al-Bircha Sairai. It's from the prayer that many people say. At the end of Shabbat. Blessing one another for a great, peaceful, and beautiful week. You're listening to the Farbringin with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson, Associate Rabbi Linksfield Shul, and we today are talking about why finding a why, and just want to thank everybody who sends in feedback, and specifically those who will meet me on the street or send me an email and just share their input and their thoughts on the show. It's incredible and. Um, I often say that being on the radio is exciting, but it's also very lonely. You're sitting and you're talking to a microphone um, and you're hoping that in some way you're resonating and maybe even sometimes getting people a little annoyed with some of the ideas shared, but at least you're, you're stimulating conversation and stimulating thoughts. And that's really the point of the soul to soul and all the, you know, the speakers and all the, the truth is entire high FM radio station and just tell you that whoever you listen to and whatever time you tune in, it's always nice to get feedback and share um, with any of the guests and hosts, etc. I just encourage you to send in the feedback. It's very appreciated on many levels by, I'd imagine, everybody here on 101.9 High FM. So, why? So let's talk about a story. I'm sure you've heard the story before. The story is told about Jack, who hears about this mountain that is almost impossible to be climbed. It takes days and weeks to climb up the mountain, and many people have not succeeded. And he decides that he's going to be the first one to succeed. And he hears on top of the mountain, rumor has it there's paradise. It's beautiful. It's fascinating. The most beautiful of scenery and Just gorgeous. And there, after months of planning and practicing and training, he gets ready to climb the mountain. And the climb is treacherous and difficult and heartbreaking and his partner halfway through has to b- go away and he, the, the other guy that's with him gets sick and he's struggling and struggling and he, he's, go, he's climbing and he, he sees a frozen dead body on the side of his of somebody else to try to climb the mountain just try to imagine the scenery and he's climbing and climbing and finally after weeks and his, his dream is achieved and he climbs atop the mountain and there he finds himself in this lush most beautiful um Paradise. He didn't imagine that on top of such a mountain, on such a height, such a beautiful place, he expected it to be a little frozen. But this is absolutely, he feels like he's entered a different universe and he's walking and he's quelling with joy. And as he's looking around, he sees a four-year-old kid, five-year-old kid running around, kicking a ball on top of the mountain. And this is irritating. If he has been irritated till now climbing this mountain, this is the biggest blow. Here he's been struggling to climb up this mountain. And he, the one, the one of the world's top climbers, had to work so hard. And this five-year-old kid is just running around. How did this kid get up here? How does this work? Who am I? Who is he? And he runs over to the kid and he said, how did you get to the top of the mountain? Who brought you here? I have to meet that person. And the kid looks at him with absolute innocent eyes and he says... I was born on this mountain. And the story has been shared by many people from many perspectives. I'm actually not sure where the source of the story is. But let's talk about in the context of why. Many people seem to be struggling to life. I think we all struggle. We all struggle through life. And we feel like life is this unsurmountable mountain. It's just chaos after chaos, struggle after struggle. And yes, we have moments of bliss and beauty, and the next day we're back in the grind, and whether the chaos is coming from our work or from our family, from our health, from those dear to us, from our friends, from finances, God knows where. Each person with their own struggles. And they just feel like the mountain is unsurmountable. And then, we, you know, we all try to climb that mountain and we all push ourselves and to, to get up. And if we're lucky enough to find some clarity and to find some, some meaning, we come to the top. And what do we see? We see some people who are there and they just say, we were born here. In other words, the top of the mountain of life is not perfection. The top of the, of the mountain is not nirvana and just peace and lack of struggle. That's death. That's not life. The top of life is meaning. The top of life is purpose. The top of life is an absolute awareness that God has, God who is the definition of purpose, God who everything about him is, is meaning and purpose, there's nothing else other than that, orchestrates everything in this world for a bigger goal, for the... for. The, a better world, for a better me, for everything, for the good. Kalma the avid, Rahman letav avid, whatever God does is for the good. And that clarity is the top of the mountain. And if we can give ourselves that clarity, then we are on top of the mountain. In other words, the struggle, the climb becomes easy. The, the climb becomes meaningful. And I remember hearing from Rabbi Manus Friedman, who was here, he, he shares that, you know, he, he asks the question, do people hate pain, and obviously everybody's going to scream and say, "Yes, they hate pain, but he says, then why did you go to the dentist yesterday and After the dentist drilled into your tooth and it was extremely uncomfortable, you shook his hand or her hand and you gave them you paid them nice money and you said thank you and why did you let your you know your dad go into surgery yesterday, which was really painful to replace his heart um, that must have been really sore, and the answer is we don't hate pain. We hate meaningless pain. And that's why if somebody walked over to us and drilled our tooth with the exact same pain that we went from the dentist, we would punch the guy, sue the person, and uh, and and literally take revenge. Why? Because it's the meaninglessness of pain that we hate. People go to gym, which is painful. Uh, if it's actually being a successful gym session, it should really push the person to the limit. It's not pleasant and sweet Yes, there are some junkies who love the love the adrenaline and love the excitement, but most people that are going to gym are doing it for the sake of health. And they are finding meaning to it, which makes it bearable and often even a little bit exciting. But the second it's meaningless, it's over. Famous story about somebody who was standing in the in the field of hay and he's cutting hay and he's doing, you know, with his hand, he's swaying um, and cutting the hay in the most beautiful, beautiful way. And the king passes by and sees this and he's so impressed and he says, I want you to swing your hand in that beautiful swing um, in front of me and I will pay you. How much he says, how much are you getting paid now? He says, I get paid a dollar an hour. He says, I'll pay you a hundred dollars an hour. I just want you to swing your hand the whole day. And so he does. He comes into the castle and there he is swinging his hand in the most passionate, most beautiful way as if he's cutting fields of wheat. And after two hours, he comes to the king and he says, your honor, I'll go back to a dollar a day, a dollar an hour, because this is meaningless. Yes, I'm getting paid a hundred dollars to do this, but I'm not cutting Wheat. A person needs meaning. A person needs a why. Here on 101.9 Chai FM. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avtzan on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM. Rabbi Levi Avtzan here today on the Farbringen Show every Tuesday from 1 to 2 in the afternoon, and we're talking about why. Why? not why anything, but living with a why, living with a strong sense of purpose, with a strong sense of conviction. A person who wakes up every morning and can say, Thank you, God. Thank you, God, who returned my soul with tremendous compassion. Your faith in me is incredible. That why, that awareness that God gives us the morning, that God gives us life this morning and gives us life so that we can make it meaningful, that we can have an impact today. And then we go to shul and we we daven and we we again try to reaffirm within ourselves an absolute conviction that life is purposeful. And then we, before we eat and before we pretty much do anything, we're constantly creating moments of awareness to acknowledge ourselves that there is nothing in this life that's meaningless. Because if God is meaning and God is purpose, and that's the definition, that that's what God is—a a, a absolute sense of holiness and purpose. Then everything within God's world, because there's nothing outside of God, God is everything. Then nothing in this world is absent of meaning, lacking of purpose. There is nothing in this world that lacks purpose because there's nothing in this world that lacks God. Everything is purposeful and everything is meaningful and it's our job and our opportunity to find that meaning and the moment we find that meaning we make the mountain climb so much easier more beautiful and purposeful the second a person finds meaning the struggles become so much clearer and you know, I've, I've referenced her many times on the show how I often think back to our ancestors. You know, I'm sure many of you listening over here, if not you yourself, if then it was your ancestors, went through tremendous struggles, unfathomable fathomable struggles, Holocaust, um, genocide, murder, arrests, tyranny, poverty. And what kept them going and why we're alive today is a tremendous why that they had. It often shocks me how today we, of, we love to feel sorry for ourselves, thinking that we're living in one of the most difficult times in history. Oh, gosh, the government is corrupt, and um, you know, going to get uh, documents is, is a pain. And yes, it is a pain, and so is um, service in some industries terrible. And yes, the governments in many parts of the world are corrupt, and there are many crazy leaders out there, but go tell anybody in history that that's the tsarist of our time. You know, try to compare notes with grandma and try to figure out who's had a rougher deal. We're living in incredible times. We are living in incredible times. And the reason that so many people don't think so is because many people don't have a why. Their grandparents who went through literally hell on earth had a why and managed to come out of it and and build futures and yes they were damaged and broken and and they made mistakes along the process as all human beings do but they 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 believed in something and they were able to walk out of ashes and build and today so many people who whose lives are so much more beautiful, superficially at least, than their ancestors, are lacking a why. And we've mentioned a few weeks ago how today the single biggest cause of death, more than terrorism, car accidents, violence, the single biggest cause of death, obviously outside of sickness, is suicide. More than all those combined, more than violence and terrorism, combined. And car accidents. Because today, the the challenge of our time is that we're an enemy to ourselves, that so many people are lacking a why. So yes, it's important to tackle road accidents, and that's a tremendously virtuous endeavor. And it's important to deal with the threat of terrorism. I mean, gosh, you know, terrorism, if there's one uh, threat that's really taken over our lives, it's terrorism. I remember that I was... The first day they came up with the new policy in the United States that you have to take off your shoes before you go on a plane. I, I was flying home, I think, from Cincinnati to the New York, and the the, the the police and the marshals were sent out throughout the airport to explain people why we have to take off our shoes because one idiot tried to blow himself up, blow his shoe off on a flight, I think, across the Atlantic. And it's now years later, billions of 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 man hours and billions of dollars later, and. You know, terrorism in many ways won that battle. It's turned air travel, and now I think they're trying to do it with laptops as well, into an absolute nightmare. And yes, we have to keep ourselves safe, and that's a different debate for a different time to what extent. But when it comes to the threat of suicide, when it comes to the threat of meaninglessness, we don't see such a campaign. We don't see this absolute horror across the world of why are so many people living a life of meaninglessness and what can we do to the decay of family and what can we do to the decay of values? That doesn't seem to create that hype. It's only when you know people hear about a terror attack and unfortunately, each terror attack is a tragedy. But a terror attack on the other side of the world or in Europe and people are walking around morose. But at the same time that that terror attack happened, hundreds of people in our own country, if not thousands of people, were raped or killed or (sighs) – Other tragedies just done not by radical Islamists or radical crazies, but just by people who don't have a value system and don't actually have respect of their fellow human being of the or the other gender. That is real issues, and those are the issues that are more tackable than world terror, at least for most of us. Looking around us and saying, are the people around us happy? Do they have meaning? Do they have purpose? Those are things that we have to tackle, that it's our mandate to look at. And often we don't. And often we think that the problems out there are out there. ISIS is the biggest threat to the world, and I'll say absolutely not. Is it a threat? Yes. Does it have to be dealt with? Yes. But if anyone in the right mind thinks that ISIS is the, is the threat to our world, it's not. The threat to our lives is our own lives, our own values. Nobody's threatening our marriages other than us. And nobody's threatening the way we raise our kids other than us. Yes, we could sit there blaming secularization of the world and the crazy values. And, you know, this person blames uh, smartphones. Another person blames fidget spinners and God knows what else. It's us. We are the problem and we are the solution and we have life in our hands. And yes, turning on CNN and hearing about another attack might make us feel that we, we know exactly where the world is going and make us feel afraid or excited. And this is happening and that's happening and that person was elected to office and that's incredible. I mean, just look at the elections of the past few years. Each election is crazier than the next. And just now England went through their own crazy election. And each time, yeah, that's the solution, that's the solution. Nobody is the solution other than ourselves. Nobody, no party and no person is the solution of our problem. No war is the solution to our problem. Our problem's inside of us, and our solution is inside of us. The moment we search for meaning, the moment we search for purpose, the moment we bring purpose into our lives, we bring meaning to our marriage and to our parenting and to our work and into our social interactions and into our friendship, then we're living a great life. And then, yes, we can tackle the ISIS of the world and the craziness of the world. But before we tackle the outside problems, look inside. Our lack of happiness has nothing to do with ISIS. And truth is, it has nothing to do with corruption. Most of history, most of humanity lived in corrupt societies. That was the story of human history. And human history survived despite or maybe because of all the chaos that people went through. So if we can blame our lack of happiness on a corrupt government, a corrupt this, a dangerous world, and we think that that's a justifiable reason for our own morosity and sadness, really? We're living in incredible times. And we can be as happy as we choose to be if we only had a why. Here on 101.9, Chai FM. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9, Chai FM. 101.9, Chai FM, F- F- Rabbi Levi Avtson signing up, or rather wrapping up here on the Farbringen show, the last few minutes. Thank you for listening and thank you for being with us. And today we spoke about the why. Why? Why succeed? Why have money? Why give charity? Why forgive people who hurt us? Why love? Why raise good children? Why anything? Why were we born? Why do we have a soul? Why death? Why birth? Why life? Those questions can never stop because at the heart of our happiness and meaning is attempting to search for those answers. When we were kids, when we were young adults, maybe we looked for it. at some stage, we convinced ourselves that the why is just to support our family, make a living, and run around from extramural to extramural and give our kids a good life. But that's just a superficial why. And that cannot take us far. And that cannot make us happy. And when you see how many people are sad, and when you talk to the people who literally struggle to wake up in the morning, Our world has many issues. And, you know, I've shared it before, that one of my favorite uh, downtime things is to to watch TED Talks. And pretty much each TED speaker that gets on the stage is offering the biggest crisis of our time. Racism, sexism, hatred, this phobia, that phobia, financial illiteracy. Each speaker stands up over there and offers their solution to world's problems, and what they believe is the call of the hour. So who am I to offer my call of the hour? And who's, who am I to believe that I've found the challenge of our time? But if I was asked, and I'm not, so I'm going to ask myself, the challenge of our time is a lack of meaning, a lack of God, a lack of connection, a lack of purpose. Because if you put God into the equation and you put purpose and values back into the equation then almost every single issue of our time is solvable there's no room for radicalism with a God of values and there's no room for hatred and racism and any ism that's negative in such a world and there's no room for forgetting about humanity and allowing genocides to happen and there's no room For the ills of our time. There's no room for depression, and there's no room for sadness, and there's no room for negativity, meaning a why. And each and every one of us in our own lives to look around and say, do I have a strong enough why? Yes, maybe originally I married because I loved that person, and that was my why. But at some stage, I have to make it more solid because there's many people who loved the person that they divorced. And as many people who loved the children that they alienated, and as many people who loved themselves instead of loving purpose. A why is really at the core of the solution to pretty much every problem of our time. More importantly, the solution of every problem in our heart. Because as we said earlier, a person who has a why and knows why they're going to the dentist we'll say thank you to the dentist and walk out with a smile on their face. Challenges is not what breaks us. It's challenges without meaning. So yes, is there corruption in our world and is there chaos? Yes. Is that a reason to be broken? No. Because inner happiness and inner purpose can offer and has offered for billions of people before us and in our time a roadmap, a compass to greatness, to happiness, to joy. Wishing all of us a great week, a great why, and may we find that purpose. And if we know the purpose already, may we digest it and internalize it and become one with it and live it and breathe it and share our why with others and allow other people the space and the clarity to find their own why. Because a world of people who know why they're here and what they're here to do is a healthy world. It's a messianic world. On one one point nine Chai FM, Rabbi Levy Afton signing off. Have a great week. Please God, next week at one o'clock on the Farringan Show here on one one point nine Chai FM.